As, uh, as strange as this is, it's a great way to do church, isn't it? We, uh, we're going to be in Joshua today. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, if you have one with you, Joshua. We, uh, over the past few weeks, we have been doing church pretty much by podcast. Um, if, you, if, you're, if you're a listener, you go, go to a PMF podcast, and the, the sermons have been there. And, and, and I know it's not ideal, but it's a way to do church, at least. Uh, and that's the only way we've had until today. So uh, if you've been listening, you know for the last couple of weeks, I have been talking about fear and anxiety. I think uh, it's a great subject for right now, <laughs> because I think we have a lot of it. At, uh, at this time in, in history, it seems like that's what's running our lives is fear and anxiety. And so yeah, I thought it was good to talk about. And, and if we're honest, this isn't the only time we've ever felt fear and anxiety. So, so clearly it's, a, it's good for us to, to have a foundation on what to do with it when we feel it anyway. You know, uh, as, you, as I started to look at fear and anxiety in the Bible, I found over 365 verses that deal with fear, anxiety, and discouragement. 365. That means if you feel discouraged, you could literally read a different verse every single day for more than a year. God clearly knows we're going to feel this way. He knows that we're going to have fears, we're going to have anxieties, we're going to have discouragement, we're going to have this in our lives, and so he addresses it over 365 times. So we're going to look at one of those this morning. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 5 of Joshua chapter 1, and we'll read through verse 9. No one will be able to stand against you as, you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to the fathers to give to them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction of my servant Moses has commanded you. Do not turn from it from the, to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, let's look at the context of, these, of this passage. A little bit of history. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. So, so, Joshua has been along with Moses all this time, all the way through the, uh, through the exodus from Egypt. He has been there, and he has helped with, with uh, Moses. And so, at the beginning here of Joshua chapter 1, the second verse, actually the first verse says Moses is dead. And the second verse, God tells Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead, so this is what you're going to do now. So Joshua is put in charge. Now, 
the thing, think about it from Joshua's viewpoint, because there's really no, no part of Scripture, no part of the Exodus event that tells us that Joshua hungered for power. He, it's not, he, didn't, he didn't hunger for this leadership position, yet God says, Moses, my servant is dead, you're in charge now, and this is what you're going to do. You take the people across the Jordan. So, so from, from Joshua's perspective, he was the right-hand man of, of a guy that he respected a great deal, and that guy's gone. And now Joshua's in charge. And it, again, we don't really see any place that, that Joshua wanted this. It was just what God said. So, so Joshua's in charge. Think of it also from the, the standpoint of the people, because they have been following Moses. They have been, they, they, there's been a few things, if you know your Exodus story, and you should know your Exodus story, if you know your Exodus story, then, then you know that there has been uh, a few times that Moses, in leadership, that they've kind of bucked against his leadership, and they've kind of, they've kind of gone against Moses and such, and in fact, there's a, a, a portion there where, where the ground swallows up everybody that's, that, that rises up against Moses. So, great story. You should read it. Uh, <clears throat> but they've been following Moses. The people have been following Moses. Now Moses is dead. And so now they're thinking, what, what happens to us? What about us? And Joshua steps up and says, I'm going to lead you, and we're going to go across the Jordan now. So, everybody here... Joshua from this new leadership position and the people from having a new leader and, and their old leader, the leader that's been with them for all this time, who brought them out of Egypt, now suddenly they don't have him. So everybody's got fear and anxiety and, and discouragement. And so God gives them this word. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because I am with you everywhere you go. So what does this tell us about God? Well, it says, I think that God knows we are going to be afraid and discouraged sometimes. I think, if, if nothing else, the evidence that God has put over 365 verses in the Bible telling us what to do with our discouragement and anxiety and fear should tell us God knows we're going to feel it. He knows we're going to feel it, and he wants us to know what to do with it. He knows how destructive it can be. So he wants us to know what to do with it. Which I think points to God's love for us. God loves us so much that he does not want us to feel the discouragement and the fear and the anxiety. He doesn't want us to feel that way. He wants us to feel secure. He wants us to feel safe. He wants us to know He's there. His love, His care is shown in how many times He, he gives us instruction on fear and anxiety and discouragement. And I, and I, I know this, uh, this sounds like a simple statement, but, it, but this tells us that God is sovereign. Now, that's an easy thing to say, but it's a little bit harder to play out in life, isn't it? God is sovereign. That means, uh, that means two things. The first one I want, 
I want to say is that there is no place you can go that you are beyond God's love. There is no place you can go where his presence won't be. There is no depth of despair deep enough to keep him away. God is sovereign. But that also means that we're not. We're not sovereign. Now, we would never outright say, I'm sovereign, right? We never say that. But here's the truth. All of this that's going on right now that that has us feeling fear and anxiety, it's because our sovereignty over our own lives has been violated. We don't like not being able to do what we want to do. It's not new to us. Remember what the serpent said to Eve. He said that if, if you taste the fruit, you will be like God and know good from evil. So, so Satan tempted Eve with sovereignty, sovereignty over her own life. You can be in charge of your own life. And, and we have had that problem since Adam and Eve. We don't outright say, I'm sovereign. But you know we act as if we decide what goes on in our lives. If the last few weeks have taught us nothing, it's taught us that we're not in charge, that we are not sovereign, and it has challenged our sovereignty. So we need, to, we need these verses like this one to remind us that God is sovereign and we're not. He's in charge, and there's no place we can go that, we won't, that he won't be. And it also tells us, importantly, that, that in, in the sovereignty of God, he has given us his word. We have right here the promises of God. We have right in front of us, anytime we want to open it and read it, we have the, his promises. We have his, his, his statements about our fear and anxiety. He, we have everything he wants us to know. He introduces himself to us here. So in his sovereignty, he has given us his word that we might know him. And so that when we have fear, anxiety, discouragement, despair, when we have these things, there are over 365 places to go to gain safety, security, and encouragement. So what does it say about us? Well, it says that anxiety and fear are normal in this course of life. God wouldn't talk about it this much if it wasn't normal in this course of life. And so we're going to have fear and anxiety. We're going to have discouragement. We're going to have despair. But God has an answer for that. We just need to open his word and hear from him. We need his presence. We need to trust his sovereignty because... He's given us everything we need to deal with our, <clears throat> with our anxieties and our fears. And it tells us that God loves us. You are loved by God. Loved enough that he wants, he wants to introduce himself to you. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to trust him. He wants you to know you can be his. God loves you. So what do we need to do? We need to open his word and receive the help. 
Our problem is when, when, our, when our, our personal sovereignty is challenged, we tend not to want to open the Word of God. We tend not to want to go to the sovereign God. We want to, to figure out a way to make things better ourselves. But God loves you so much, He wants you to deal with your fear and anxiety. He wants you to know that He is sovereign, that He is in charge, that there is no place you can go, no feeling you can have that He's not there for you. So we need to go to the, to the Word of God. We need to, 365 verses on fear and anxiety. Find a new one for every day until... Your, your fear and anxiety is over. And we also need to realize that we don't need to be safe in order to feel safety. We don't need to be secure in order to feel secure. Here's what I mean by that. Think of the life of Paul. Was Paul safe? In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about all of the things, beaten with rods, shipwrecked three times, imprisoned. He talks about all the things that happened to him while he was on mission for God. Paul was never safe, but he never felt unsafe. He always trusted the sovereignty of God. He always knew that God was with him. He always trusted the presence of God. And so, he never felt unsafe. We don't need our circumstances to be safe for us to feel safe, because Lord our God is with us wherever we go. We don't need to feel, we don't need to, uh, our circumstances to, to be secure in order to feel security, because the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. You know, I, uh, I have mentioned this before, but this, verse 8 talks about meditating on the Word of God. And the, the, word, the Hebrew word for meditate comes from a root that means to growl. Now, think about what growling is. A lion growls for two reasons. It growls to warn off its enemy, and it growls to bolster its own courage. If you have a dog, it does the same thing. It growls to warn off an enemy and it growls to bolster its own courage. We need to growl on Scripture. We need to meditate Scripture. Learn a verse. Memorize this verse. Memorize Isaiah 41.10. Memorize a, a verse that, that gives you strength. Memorize it, and then meditate on it. Growl it. Warn off the enemy, and bolster your own courage with it. The last thing we need to do is probably the most important, and that is that we need to surrender our sovereignty to God. I'll say again, it's not that we step up and say, I am sovereign, it's that we act that way. That the things that are outside of our control are the things that cause us fear and anxiety. When we feel that, we need to go to the Word of God. We need to see that God is sovereign, that, that there is no place we can go that he isn't there, that there's no feeling we can feel that he isn't ready for, that he isn't ready to help with. We need to surrender our sovereignty to God's sovereignty. 
So let's look at, uh, at verse 9, phrase by phrase. Haven't I commanded you? Has God commanded us to be strong and courageous? Well, he does three times in three verses here. <laughs> he does throughout the Bible, as a matter of fact. You may be familiar with, with 1 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God throughout Scripture says... Be strong and courageous, not because we're so good, but because he is. Because he is sovereign. He is in charge, and he is with us. His presence is with us. Be strong and courageous. Strong, the word for strong there carries the idea of, of, of hardening yourself for something. Hardening, hardening yourself, preparing yourself for something. And courageous is a, is a related word. In fact, sometimes it's actually uh, translated to strong instead of courageous. But it carries a little bit different idea. It means to be steadfast. It means to be, to be stubborn. So we need to be prepared and hardened and stubborn in the Word of God. We need to be, we need to be so prepared that when we feel the feeling, we know what verse we need to listen to, to say to ourselves. We need to be, I, I'm actually telling you to be stubborn. We need to be stubborn in the word of the, finally an amen. <laughs> Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The cure for fear and discouragement and anxiety is the presence of God and the Word of God. Remember, you don't have to be in safe circumstances to feel safe. You don't have to be, it, be, feel secure in your position to know security. You just need, need to know the God that is. We are not sovereign, but we know the God that is. Wherever, here, wherever you go, it means wherever. There is no place you can go that you're outside the love of God. There's no place you can go that you're outside the presence of God. There's no depth you can go to that God won't be there waiting for you. And afraid here, afraid means to tremble in fear. Discouraged, that word means to fall apart. And so... Have you been there? Have you been trembling in fear and falling apart? God wants you to know you just need to go to Him. You just need to surrender your sovereignty over your life to His. He is sovereign and He loves you. He just wants you to go to Him. So what is the comfort and the challenge of this verse or this passage? I think there's great comfort knowing that God's sovereign. Because as much as we would not say we're sovereign but live like we are, it's a terrible burden to be in control of your life. It's a terrible burden. It's a burden we can't bear. God has a plan. He is sovereign. He will take you where you need to go. If you think back in your history, you know this to be the case. If you think back... And, and since you've known God, 
how the, the, the journey that you've been on, you know that, that He is going to take you where you need to be. And, and you are going to be blessed there because you followed Him. So there's great comfort knowing God is sovereign and we are not. I think there's, there's also great comfort in knowing that there are over 365 verses telling us not to be afraid, not to be discouraged, not to have anxiety. Over 365 verses. God knows we're going to feel it, and so he wants us to know what to do with it. I think also there's tremendous comfort knowing that we have God's word. It, we're, we're in America, and, and frankly, we probably have three or four versions of the Bible at least in every one of our houses. We have it on our phones and our tablets and our computers. We have, we have it written in, in probably two or three different translations. I have an entire bookshelf full, Hebrew, Greek, uh, and several English translations. I, we have the Word of God that we can go to anytime we need to. Anytime we feel discouraged, anytime we feel fear, anytime we feel anxiety, there are verses waiting for us, God's presence waiting for us. Don't forget, every time we open this, we encounter God. This isn't just a book. We encounter God when we open this and when we let it open us. We have the Word of God, and that's a great comfort. We can feel safe when we're not in safety. We can feel secure when we're not in security because we know the God that is in charge. We know the sovereign God. The great challenge of this verse or passage, it's surrendering our sovereignty. We want to be in charge. We have been that way since Adam and Eve. We want to be in charge. God says he's in charge. And it goes much better when we let him be in charge. We have to surrender our sovereignty. And we have to trust the God of the Bible, the God that loves us. We have his presence. We have his word. We have his promises. That's the God that, that loves you and loves me. Do you know the one true sovereign God? Because you can. You can this morning. It begins with a simple prayer. You'll bow your heads with me. If you pray this prayer for the, uh, just, just to give over your life, to surrender your sovereignty to God, it's as simple as saying, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died on the cross to save me. And so I, I'm, I'm giving you my life. The life you saved on that cross, I'm giving to you. If you pray that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Wave your hand. Send us a Facebook message, something. Let somebody know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look over the last few weeks, it's really been about your plan, not God's. 
Will you take a moment right now to surrender your sovereignty to God? Father, we, we try to be in charge of our own lives. We try to, to decide what's good and what's, what's not. We decide, we decide all of these things, Father, knowing that you're sovereign and we're not. And so we surrender our sovereignty to you. We surrender our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.